I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and this is the Dying Desk Podcast. I'm recording this episode on Wednesday, August 17th, and it's going to be publishing in uh, roughly 48 hours, which I don't like. Typically, I work in advance on the podcast, so at least a couple of weeks out, so that I don't have to jam everything in one week. Because when you work in a newsroom, there's a triage. Like you go to the bleeder if you have limited resources and whoever's bleeding the most is who gets the attention. And the podcast, it's really easy because it's not breaking news for it to kind of go on down the food chain. So I typically work ahead in advance just so I, you know, my own comfort level, manage my own stress so that things are ready and they can be as good as I want them to be. This week, not so much. And here's what happened. So I was supposed to interview somebody last week for this week's show. I feel like you need to diagram this to follow along, okay? The challenge was I had been off the week before. I had a week of vacation. So I kind of broke my routine. And I didn't really look that closely at my planner. I actually still have one of those old school traditional paper planners, which Teo says is so cute. He finds it cute. Um, I find it really helpful, although it did not help me last week. (laughs) So I have everything written down. But then I also have it, you know, in the computer, in my phone as well. And I started getting these emails from Zoom telling me that Dr. John White of WebMD is sitting in my waiting room for Zoom, which is kind of funny, a doctor in your waiting room. But I I just was looking, I'm like, why would Dr. John White be in my waiting room? And then I realized I had made a mistake. I had clearly messed something up. Um, Is there a doctor in the house? The answer was yes, but I was not home because I didn't realize the interview was that day. Then his PR person starts texting and um, she used to work in news. So she says, you know, kindly gives me a way out. She's like, do you have breaking news? I know sometimes that happens. Nope, I sure didn't. I just, I messed up. Broken plate after I dropped the spinning plates, dropped the ball, dropped whatever. I mean, I feel like I'm juggling fire these days because the effects feel big. (laughs) when I make a mistake. So as soon as I realized that I had completely wasted an hour of somebody's time, I did what I have now trained myself to do, my MO when I make a mistake. Text, email, all of it. I'm sorry. I messed up. Took responsibility quick because I didn't want to further inconvenience somebody who I had already kind of stolen some time from. And also the PR person had wasted their time. So I took responsibility. I blasted it out like a chain letter anywhere I could to try to get in touch with them to make sure they saw it as quickly as possible. And do you know what horrible, bad thing happened next after I took responsibility for wasting a CEO's time? Absolutely nothing. I got emails back, including from the guest of a major company saying, no problem. How about that? When my kids were smaller, I used to print out this thing, this summer bucket list. It was one of those printables you find online. And I would make everybody write down, like, what was their bucket list for the summer? Like, I want to go to a water park. I want to go fishing. I want to go creek walking. They were always like little things like that. This summer, I tried to get everybody back on my summer bucket list bandwagon post-COVID, and nobody bit. Nobody was willing to fill out my cute little printable but me, and it was lonely. So... Instead, I did something different, and I didn't even tell them I was doing it. I have been playing my own game with myself called Life Skills, and I have been trying to subtly teach life skills to my boys so that they will hopefully become these evolved human beings, despite COVID, once they graduate from high school and leave my house. And one of the most important lessons or life skills I think we can learn 
that will save us time, heartache, embarrassment, angst, maybe a breakout, (laughs) is to take responsibility and to take it fast for whatever, little, small, in between. So on this time to ask, we're talking about the triple A method of moving past a mistake and moving on with your life and your day with less conflict and a little bit more mental balance. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick and I've been anchoring morning news for more than 20 years. I thought I had seen and covered it all. Then came coronavirus, a pandemic, anchoring in my living room, homeschooling my kids, and all the things that come with COVID, including a vaccine. It was supposed to get us all back on track and living our best Instagrammable lives. Best lives-ish. The reality is we're still untangling what life looks like in a world post-pandemic. A lot of people describe a sense of never-ending overwhelm and anxiety. Is that just what life is like now? Or are there ways we can get back to living in the now? And this season of the Dying Desk Podcast is asking how we can hit the restart and start living again. All right, let's go. The soundtrack of my childhood and early adulthood was definitely news talk radio. And as I think back, it's probably why I got so interested in communications and journalism and talking to people and having them listen to me. (laughs) That's probably where my early love of it started. My mother always, to this day, has the radio on. Always. Like if I call her, even now, the first thing she will say before she'll even say hello is, hang on, let me turn the radio down every time. And back when I was a kid, my mother loved call-in shows. Call-in shows were everywhere back then, back in the olden days. And the reason call-in shows were so popular was that they were cheap. I mean, they cost nothing to make. You had a host who answered the phone, and it really was a literal phone back then. And they would listen to a problem from a caller, and then they would spout out advice, which, you know, either was good or bad or somewhere in between. But my mother, I can picture her standing in the kitchen. She's cooking, she's cleaning, doing something. My mom would listen to the caller And my mom could spit out the advice way quicker than the host ever could. So first part was always blunt to the point. First thing she'd say is the solution to the problem, what they should do. The second part was where she got judgy, like really, really judgy. And that was usually something like, you know, well, I guess she's having a bad day or the nerve of that guy. And if she told somebody they should go to church, you knew they had really, really done wrong. And for years, there was no one bigger in the whole call-in game than Dr. Laura Schlesinger. Do you guys remember her? You'd have to be of a certain age to really know the impact that Dr. Laura had on advice. It was like, dear Abby, taken up a notch with way more judgment (laughs) and some catchy like sayings um, on overdrive. And Dr. Laura Schlesinger was a big, big deal in broadcasting until... She lost it one day and she revealed on air some pretty ugly truths about how she really thought about some parts of our society. And she went on a tirade at one point, used the N-word, found out that her views on sexuality were not what one would call open or accepting for the most part. And she kind of disappeared from mainstream radio after that. And you stopped hearing about her. So as I was putting together some thoughts for this episode, I went down this rabbit hole. Where is Dr. Laura now? O-M-G. That's 45 minutes I'll never get back, but it was kind of fascinating. Turns out Dr. Laura is still around. She has had a serious FM show for a while. 
And then the other part that was interesting was last year she sold a $23 million oceanfront house in Santa Barbara. It was beautiful. So Dr. Laura, not hurting financially from what I could tell. Um, But anyway, why am I bringing up Dr. Laura of all people? Well, because back in the day, she was everywhere and everybody would listen. And it was almost like a game to hear what was she going to say next in her advice to the caller. And nine times out of 10, both Dr. Laura and my mother, for that matter, would have the same answer to almost any problem that came up. And that was take responsibility. Cheated on your spouse. Take responsibility. Crash your dad's car. Take responsibility. And probably the bus if you had done that in my house. Messed up an account at work. Maybe you overslept. Boss is mad. Take responsibility. Four incredibly powerful words. I made a mistake. Two more powerful words. I'm sorry. Most of the time, if you do that after you make a mistake, it will end the confrontation. It will diffuse the tension. Taking responsibility these days almost feels like a superpower because people seem sometimes unwilling to just say they messed up. And I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because they didn't learn it. I guess that's possible. Maybe they think it will make them seem less competent or less trustworthy. Maybe they're just embarrassed. But it's a really powerful thing just to say I made a mistake. But it's kind of a reflex, especially when you're young, to make excuses. Like it's easy (laughs) to do that. So in my case, with the thing I've been telling you about where I just completely forgot about this interview or didn't realize it was on this day, um, I could have easily told a little white lie and smooth things over quick. It would have been very, very easy for me to say we had breaking news when it was kind of suggested to me from a PR person. Hey, did you have breaking news? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I could have done that. Nobody would have been any the wiser, but but I didn't. Um, it would have been super easy to do that. And, it, and in life, like we do that a lot, right? Well, it's a little white lie just to like make things kind of go away or make things move along. Okay, so I don't like doing that. And the reason is because little white lies can turn into big old not so little white lies and I feel like it's a really bad habit to get into and the reason it's a bad habit is that it's very very difficult to keep track of little white lies (laughs) really is (laughs) you ever done that where you you know told a little one and then later somebody asks you about it you know like oh yeah my mom wasn't feeling well oh how's your mom Huh? <laughs> like we've all done that, right? At some point you've probably done it. Or is it just me? I doubt that. I think we've all kind of done it. Telling the truth, just being straight with people and taking responsibility is such an easier way to live. It's more efficient. It's clean. You leave no paper trail. It's just easy. Actively solving your problems is equally as, as empowering. So what I have is what I've developed. I call it the triple A method of taking responsibility. It's specific, it's actionable, here it is. The first A is apologize. Here's how this goes. I'm sorry I made that mistake. Now this needs to be sincere. You can't say it where it's like, yeah, I'm sorry, you know, your kids have done that or you did that to your siblings when you were young. You have to be sincere with this. It can be simple, I'm sorry that I made this mistake. You can also get a little fancier. So you can explain 
how that mistake has left you feeling so that somebody knows how sincere you really are on it. So it could be, I'm embarrassed to say that I forgot we were supposed to have coffee. I was supposed to bring you that book. I forgot to write that script. I had a typo in a graphic, you name it. Like, just let somebody know specifically what you forgot. The second A is for acknowledge. So recognize that your mistake impacted the other person. So at work, it could be that you, let me think here, could be you wasted someone's time, as I did, um, or this is, this is a likely one where I work. My mistake created more work for someone else. So it could be making that mistake created more work for someone else or made it difficult for somebody else to do their job correctly, which adds to their stress, right? TV news is very like that because everything is lined up as a domino. And if somebody doesn't put their, leave their domino in and domino gets yanked, everything goes south quick. <laughs> so people get very, very touchy about those kinds of things, understandably. So our A's, we've got acknowledge, we have apologize. The third A is for act. And here's where in the mea culpa, you tell the person how you're going to make things right, what you are going to do to prevent it from happening again. And again, you need to be sincere. Don't go just saying you're going to do it and then not doing it because that's not a real apology. So this could be, let's say you forgot the coffee. Coffee's on me the next time. Um, let's say you didn't download a video correctly if you worked in a place like where I work. I'll watch a YouTube video and I'll familiarize myself with that software. Uh, if I forgot to write a script for somebody, I will set an alarm on my phone to make sure that I do not forget that tomorrow. Specific. So here's the email. Let me pull it up. This is the email that I sent to Dr. White when I spaced on the interview. Okay, Dr. White, I'm so sorry. 100% my mistake. I dropped the ball and I wrote the interview in my planner from Wednesday. I would still love to do it. Please let me know when you have another opening. Just a couple of sentences, but I got it out quick to him and to his team. So here's the answer I got back just as quickly. No worries. Happens to all of us. Let's reschedule. Thanks for always including me. Okay. Hello. My embarrassment, gone. My credibility with a guest in an organization that I really like working with, preserved. My ego, kind of stroked because WebMD likes being on the podcast and KCRA TV. And most importantly, my mental bandwidth in that moment, unaffected because we're moving on. So have I made this stick in my house yet? Are my teenage boys recognizing or appreciating this incredible life skill of taking responsibility? Absolutely not. No, but I have faith. I have a lot of faith and OxyClean. I have a lot of OxyClean in this house. But when people refuse to take any responsibility for a mistake or action, they just belabor conversations that could be over really quickly. It is really hard to keep arguing with somebody who has taken responsibility. Hard, but not impossible. They will try, but they will sound like a jackal if they continue telling you you were wrong after you've already repeatedly said, I made a mistake and I'm sorry. So a hack, if you find yourself in the middle of a conversation with somebody who refuses to stop telling you how wrong you were, 
<laughs> the mistake you made after you've said sorry like a couple of times is to maybe to like gently interrupt them and say, hey, hey, you realize I, I did agree with you. You were right. I, I, I made a mistake. Because the only thing people like hearing more than the fact that you admit that you made a mistake is that they were right. So throw in a you were right, I made a mistake. And then if it doesn't end there, like seriously, call me. Put me on speaker. I'll take care of it. <laughs> Promise. There is a point where people will kind of stop spinning the wrongisms and the conversation should diffuse and hopefully you just move on. I mean, isn't that kind of the point? Like move on, learn, and hopefully not do it again or too many more times. So the next time you make a mistake and you're dwelling or you're dreading, try the triple A treatment. Apologize, acknowledge, and act. And I am willing to bet that you and the other person do the right thing. You move on and you get on with your day. I'd be remiss if I didn't give what I will admit right now is a half-hearted apology for sending people down the dormify rabbit hole in the last episode that we did about what colleges are like right now. The best message I got said this, I just went down the dormify rabbit hole thanks to your podcast. Good Lord, I'm so glad I grew up wishing for a holly hobby, unattainable canopy bed from the Sears catalog. I don't think even my bedroom now is as coordinated as those dorms. I'm sure it's not. I mean, they're really, they're, they're very extra, as the kids say. So um, sorry, not sorry, I guess. Thanks for listening, though. Please screenshot and share this episode with somebody you think needs to get better at saying sorry. Kidding. Kind of. We need the clicks on this one. So please leave a rating or review while you're at it, wherever you happen to be listening to the show. And uh, thanks for listening this week. Sincerely, actually, I do appreciate it. And um, we will have, by the way, Dr. John White on next week. Looking forward to it. He's going to be joining us to talk about a whole bunch of new studies that have come out. And some of them have some kind of like, really, they had to study that results. And then some of them are like, ooh, that's good info. He's always a good time when I remember to actually log into the Zoom. So looking forward to having Dr. John back on. And uh, thank you, Dr. John, for giving me a little fodder for this week's episode. By the way, these solo episodes take way more time to produce than actually sitting and talking to a guest. So there was my penance as well for making that mistake. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I'll be back next week with another Dying to Ask podcast, assuming, you know, I remember to log in and stuff. Thanks. See you next week. <laughs>